They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello, good evening. Well, if you can call it a good evening, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd. Joining me this evening, I've got Steve Tancock and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. No, no Dan Kingdom tonight. He's on holiday, so we find ourselves Danless. We've called Peter Wanless. Peter's joining us uh, again tonight. Right. Who wants to start conducting this post-mortem then? Because... It was pretty dreadful. Um, Anthony sat back at home in Langport when I'm sure he'd rather be toasting a, a Somerset win up in Scarborough. We thought it couldn't get any worse after Knots, but somehow it did. Oh. Yeah, it did. It was it was a very poor performance, I'm afraid. One, one of the worst I've seen. Um and hard to put your finger on on what I mean. It was, they picked the wrong team. They did, you know, two going in with two frontline seam bowlers was a you know mistake. Uh, I mean, it's just a glaring mistake. A Scarborough, one of the bounciest pitches, if not the bounciest pitch in the country. Um, why they left Jack Brooks out, I, I I honestly don't know. As far as I know, he was fit. He was doing his twelfth man duties. And the batsmen, you know, they just failed collectively again. I asked Tom Tom Abel why last night and suggested it might be you know, confidence technique mindset and he said it was mindset um you know there which is i suppose is is another way of saying confidence you know mm. i think particularly the younger ones they're just completely shot you know they're, they're they're walking wickets and it's very difficult to know what what can be done about it because if it's not tech if it's not a matter of technique there isn't in all honesty i mean there's been a lot of stuff on twitter about the coaching and all the rest of it uh, and maybe that that does have a part to play but if it's in the, if it's in their heads then there isn't in all honesty a great deal that coaches can do about it so it's uh, it's it's very worrying but you never know they are very talented cricketers all of them they've all got it in them to perform really well and i think if if somehow or another some collective belief can be reinstilled into that side they can they can still do the county proud i don't think they're going to uh, win the county championship or even get through to the final of the, of the bob willis but two decent performances plus a, a good performance on finals day would you know would would bring the uh, bring the season to a to a decent conclusion mm. i just want to give tom abel a big hug when I watched that interview you did with him yesterday, oh, Anthony, he looked yeah. absolutely shot, and you could you could tell he was hurting. Sometimes he was, so you, you interview, yeah. you see guys being interviewed, and they're just kind of going through the motions. But when you spoke to him in the Knots game, and again when you spoke to him a couple of days ago, you could tell that was a guy that cared, and he's proud of playing for Somerset, and he's not just doing it to you know get a nice wage in the bank and then look for an IPL contract or something like that. He's proud yeah. to be Somerset captain, and he really, really looked shell shocked. I think is the only phrase I could come up with, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I hate doing interviews like that because he's heart and soul Somerset, and I, I so love interviewing him after Somerset have won something, and I just, I just hate it when, when they, 
particularly when the poor bloke hasn't really got anything um, positive to say. I mean, there was just nothing positive to say about that performance at all. I can't, you know, I can't think of nobody of, got of injured. Anything. That was it. I think nobody got injured. <laughs> yeah, <that's what> <laughs> the coach got back <laughs> safely to Taunton, as far as we know. That's probably about it. I, well, we, I don't think we dropped any catches. Oh, we did. Steve Davis on the... Oh, Steve, of course we did. Steve Davis, yeah. Bring that and that's, I hate saying it because it's yeah. really harsh yeah. on Steve Davis to pick it out, but factually correct, we dropped that one. But That, for yeah. me, was one of two key moments in that match. The first was the shot that Hildy played to get out, which when you're 64 for two, mm-hmm. coming off the back of three or four batting collapses, knowing you've got a fragile batting order behind you, Knowing that on the first day, okay, you might have to give the first session to the bowlers, that was a horrific shot. And as we just talked about, Steve Davis dropping Harry Brook late on on day one, and he went on to get. It has to be said, a very very good hundred. Peter, how much of it did you uh, did you get to see? Uh, quite a bit, um, more than I- I- enough to feel the pain. You know, at some <laughs> considerable distance. Um, oh, it was so disappointing wasn't it? I, I mean, I, I think of myself in a, in a highly visible and highly accountable job. Um, but my goodness, professional support, you know, when it goes wrong, when you have a bad day at the office, isn't it obvious? Um, and so, yeah, like, like you, I really felt for, uh, for Tom Abel. And I think that that interview, which Anthony gave really showed how much he cared and, and this isn't a team of hired hands you know we're proud of this being a group of young people who are growing up with us and I sense are you know it's difficult because of all the lockdowns and everything we we don't get close to the players in the way that we might have done you know a couple of seasons ago but through the interviews through the kind of behind the wyvern films which some of us have seen you know I, I do really strongly believe um, these players care and so some of the criticism that they're that they're getting is make just is you know pretty disgraceful really um yes we're upset as as supporters again we felt like we're in touching distance of winning that elusive trophy and this time it hasn't just gone wrong we've had a terrible um couple of games and 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 that is obvious and i don't know i don't know what the massive solution is but I, i i do know and believe you know really strongly that they will be feeling this as as much as us and and that is a real challenge of leadership isn't it how do you, how do you turn that around in order to create an environment that um gives them a good chance of this same thing kind of not happening for the for the third time but we do build some uh, uh partnerships and demonstrate the skills that um uh, that the, 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 so many play, these of these players have got though props not necessarily um, in 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 the particular order and in the context which um, which we've seen in these last two games. Yes, Steve, I think you've listed Tom Abel in your top three Somerset cricketers of all time. Has he jumped into the top one or two in the last couple of days, or? Certainly yep. for his leadership qualities rather than... Yep. Uh, I, I, I tweeted last night and I thought more and more about it. If I was... Wh- what do we do? I would be... If I was the coaching staff, I would be looking into the eyes of the other 10 who played and seeing if 
them having seen how much it hurt the captain. Because if he showed that to Anthony, he's not somebody who's come out and put that on. That is genuine hurt, frustration, disappointment. And if Jason Kerr and Andy Hurry and whoever else looks into the eyes of any of those players and they are not hurting for their captain, forget us, forget everything else. If they're not hurting for their captain, then they don't play on Sunday, as far as I'm concerned. I I was thinking, I remember very well when I first started watching Somerset that we weren't very good. And as a seven, eight-year-old, you want to support, you know, you want to support the team that wins the European Cup and the Games Championship and the Gillette Cup. And I was lucky that I didn't have a choice, but I was also lucky because my dad used to say to me, we, stick, we go and watch them when they're rubbish. And when Alan Jones goes for 12 off the last two balls of a John Player League game at Yeovil and etc. And all the games we lost from winning positions. You stick there, you stay to the very end. Because back in the 70s, that's how you supported your team. Because then when you stand on the outfield at Lords in 1979 together and you see your 50-year-old dad in floods of tears... The reason it meant so much to him was that he'd been through the 50s and 60s and seen all the bad times. So I'm taking it that this is the time that we as supporters, and, and if I offend anyone with this comment, you know, I don't care. I'm talking about genuine Somerset supporters. The vast majority of people who listen to this and who say nice things about what we do and what I write and what Anthony commentates on, etc. The people who care and the people who want to do well, not the people who cannot wait until we have a bad day, to pile in because as Peter says I have bad days at the office and I don't switch Twitter on in the evening and have 500 people calling me a mm. blankety blank blank those people I must be horrible for the players to look at their social media it must be absolutely horrible those people don't matter what what I think we need to do and I've said this and Mike and we put a post on the forum which I'd recommend everyone to go to Somerset North Forum we put up a message there. We want people to put messages of support for the captain on there just so that I can share a link later in the week, even if it's just a couple of lines, because I think positive social media is important. When we win the county championship next year or the year after or the year after that, I want people to be able to say, when times were hard, we were there supporting Tom Abel and the team. And it's being, you know, I'm going to come down Monday, Tuesday next week. I was planning to be in Scarborough today, so <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> planning on coming down next week, and I'm planning on having a day at Edgbaston as well. Partly because the stars have aligned and I can do it. But I think even if not, I will be cancelling work meetings to come down because I think it's important as many of us get in the ground and especially for Tom Abel, but let the players know that we're still behind him. It doesn't, a couple of bad results in the scheme of 100 and odd years history doesn't, doesn't mean anything. So if you're a Somerset supporter, now's the time to stand up and, and wear your heart on the sleeve for the team. So I suppose one thing that I just took from what you said about supporting us back in the day, before I, long before I was born, we had a side that wasn't very good but they tried and they performed as well as they could. See, what, what is galling for the last few games is we've got a side of talented young players and for whatever reason, they have underperformed. Now, I think the membership and the fans kind of want to get to the bottom of why when we've got players like yep, George Barlow who played a sublime innings mm -hmm. against Middlesex to, to win us the game... 
first game of the season. All of a sudden now he can't buy a run. We've got a talent like Tom Banton, can't buy a run. We've got Hildreth, can't buy a run. One of the greatest players to ever wear the dragon, can't buy a run. Tom Abel is shifting himself around in the order. Azarali's was signed as an opener. We had to re you know we had to rejig the order at Yorkshire. Steve Davis didn't open. Is he opening? <laughs> What's his long term fix? It's all these these points that we think can we have an answer to these questions, please? How can we have mm-hmm. we we just haven't got a settled batting order and all of these quality players can't seem to buy a run at the moment. What's going on behind the scenes? Is it because you know they were all off at the hundred and we haven't had a Red Bull game for for Yonks, why didn't they play in the, or at least have one innings in the second eleven game uh, that preceded the Knots game to to get shake off a bit of the ring rust? It's, I it's, do think this is what is I think frustrates right. the fans rather than it's the underperformance and the lack of communication rather than losing. Because yeah. and I can take getting beat. You know, are we the best cricket team in the country? We could be if we perform consistently. Maybe, maybe not on paper, but when we're completely useless like that, you have to take, you know, have to take a step back and say, "What the hell's going on here? Something is wrong." And what are you guys doing to put it right? I think we're authors of our own doom to a certain extent because, as you said, the batting order when when the team sheet came out on Sunday morning, and I'm like, right, so Steve Davis opened after 150 overs in the field and now he's not opening the captain who's been our best player by a mile batting at number three is now going to open to accommodate Azarali who's and and it's that old thing you change one position in the batting order you actually end up moving four or five people around Mm -hmm. so I think that was and the second thing was you know you only had to look at the scores at lunchtime to work out the batting first anywhere wasn't great you don't you know 10.30 start Forget the overhead conditions, and I know it's easy to be wise after the event. But I think we won the toss in the, both the last two games, and with hindsight, and I say with hindsight, we've made the wrong decision. But I would have liked to have seen somebody senior in the club come out with Tom Abel last night and stand shoulder to shoulder with him and actually answer some of those questions. Ian, I think I think we, the fans who care so much, and you know, it hurts so much because we care so much. We deserve that. I totally agree with you. Well, it was nothing to do with the club. And we, I'd, I'd interviewed Jason Kerr on Sunday. Um, I can only, and so that was the coaching side of things. Uh, and Ben Warren and I decided that uh, that we wanted to interview the captain. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm and sorry, sorry. I'm not this business that. about this I'm business not... about. But people have been suggesting on on Twitter that the club decides. Who to put up for nope. interview? It's nonsense. Nope. I decide who 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 we interview. And if I've had a if I've had a coach or a cricket director of cricket the day before, I don't have a coach or director of cricket the next day. Um, and um, you know, T- Tom Abel is the captain, and he takes responsibility for for the side. And I thought it was the right thing to do to to interview him um, because not least because of what he revealed which is the sort of human side of what it feels mm-hmm. like to be played to be captaining a side that mm. is underperforming so so badly and how much it hurt him you know that and i know what the coaches would have said we believe in this group of players etc exactly as jason kerr said on 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 sunday evening 
and but I thought it was it was very re revealing what 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 Tom said and he's <laughs> what came across to me is that um, he's got no, no more idea of really what's going wrong with this group of players than, than anyone else. It's not something, they're not an unhappy group of players, they're not badly coached, they are highly talented, but they're going through an absolutely dreadful run at, at the moment, and failure is fee feeding failure, if you like, and it's fear of failure, I think, that, that accounts for for a lot of the the poor shots that that we've seen um, from some from the from the batsman, I think the, the the real concern for me is the bowling. I mean, Marchant Delanger, you know, he was he was hired as a strike bowler. He he got the best pitch in the country as far as he's concerned to bowl on uh, at, at Scarborough, and he made really very little impact. He was he was erratic, uh, bowled too short in um, yesterday morning, um, and that was I was I was hoping and believing that Marchant would really stand up and come to the party and show why Somerset signed him as their overseas um, as their overseas fast bowler, and he didn't. Mm. And I thought that was the most disappointing aspect of the whole thing. You know, leave aside the batsman. You know, batsmen only get one chance. You play one bad shot, you're out. Bowlers get lots and lots of chances to show what they can do. Marchant de Lange had lots and lots of chances, and he didn't take them. Yeah, what he what he finished with about four for fifty in that innings, didn't he? Which looked yeah, but on they were paper, tailored. it the, sounds the, okay. The, yeah, I was going to say, but that's yeah. yesterday morning, the second morning. I was watching it, and I could almost picture you tearing your hair out in frustration as. Exactly. They only had yeah. to play about one ball and over. I think everything mm. else, it looks okay. It's on a decent, you know, fourth or fifth stump line, but they didn't have to play it, and he just wasn't. He just wasn't challenging the batsman at all. No, but it's interesting he, that you know. just going back to a, a point about uh, social media pylons. It's interesting to find out that it's the media that say we'd like to speak to Tom, or we'd like to speak to Jason Kerr. Um, rather, that's than, not the case with all clubs, I should say. <laughs> That Somerset are the most accommodating when it comes to post-match interviews. A lot of other county clubs, they do decide who to put up for in, for interview. Somerset leave it entirely to to them. I usually I consult with with uh, Richard Latham usually, um, who writes for Western Daily Press, Western Morning News, and so on. He's a sort of senior senior press man, and we agree between us who we want to interview. And Somerset will always put up who we ask, and that's unusual because all the social and media. Very the uninformed social media pylons then of the club hanging Tom Abel out to dry were completely no, it's absolute rubbish. Yeah, so. complete rubbish. Yeah, it, no, it is I, a conundrum. It, it is a conundrum, isn't it? Because taking the bowling point, um, I saw, saw enough of it and heard enough of Anthony's commentary to get that sort of sense that you know Yorkshire were relentless in their bowling, weren't they? They were they were tight uh, and gave very little away. Um, to, to coin a, a phrase from the hundred, every ball counts. Um, whereas for our, our bowling, there was a, a loose ball at least mm. once and over. And so if you invite the coach to talk about that, we'll get the usual phrase. Um, the lads weren't hitting their areas um, yeah, exactly. sufficiently consistently. And and so I think we know that is the problem. And yeah, we were probably a bowler short and um, we weren't hitting our areas consistently enough. And if Dan were here, he would draw our attention i'm sure to that really kind of stark statistic about in the last five innings 
we haven't had a batsman score more than 36. And um, that's not a secret. Mm -hmm. So as I say, the kind of accountability of playing professional cricket is there for all to see. That it's on the scorecard. It's published in the papers. The, the 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 challenging question is what to do about it. Why why have we got so many players out of form um, at the at the at the same time? And uh, uh, I don't know. Like like Anthony, I believe that they're they're with the bats. With the batters, there is a lot of talent there, and every every one of those players we've seen shine from time to time, um, haven't we? Um, but all failing together five times in a row. It's still a small, still a small sample. When you take the broader sweep, you know we are a very successful team that wins a lot of games and mm -hmm. um, scores a considerable number of centuries. Tom Lavenby got three centuries in last year in not many games. Um, but we haven't seen much of it this year. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's not, not some if there was something simple which he could do to adjust his uh, technique, then um, I'm sure he and we all would love to uh, to hear it because I'm I'm absolutely if, he's trying. If I was if I was head coach, I think I'd just say to the batsman for the next game, just go out and play your natural game. You know, just just go out and score runs. Do what you do best, and if you get out, well, you you get out. But just, I I think they're all they're all sort of tied up in their heads at, at the moment. You know, they're being told to to play red ball cricket. A lot of them have grown up with white ball cricket. And they've got white ball cricket techniques and so on. I think you know, just cast the inhibitions aside and go out. And if it if it works, it works. If it doesn't, well, it can't be any worse than the last mm. two games. I, I shall remind you of that, Anthony. I'll, uh, I'll slip this little bit and I'll tweet it to you when you have a go at somebody. You, on, uh, you, by all means, have yeah. a go at somebody for running down the wicket first ball Sunday morning, Steve. I think uh, before I, I say what I want to say about other things, David Hopp said in his report from Scarborough on day two. And it was tongue in cheek, I think, that Lamanby came out and practiced a lot of very aggressive forward defensives, which we all know mm. how Tom Lamanby plays really aggressive forward defense. And then what does he do? He gets caught flailing mm. away. And I think that is a scrambled mind. And Anthony said on commentary yesterday, Tom Banton doesn't know whether to stick or twist. And he yeah. would have been Banton would have been quite right yesterday to have gone in and said, you know what, I could get a quick 70 or 80 here. It won't necessarily turn the game, but it will restore confidence. But I want to come back on Anthony. Anthony, I'm not for one minute impugning your journalistic abilities or the fact that you were right in asking Anthony. What I'm saying is I think it's a leadership thing. So in, in my business, and I'm sure Peter would echo this, if I was in the situation where a business that I'm working with was under pressure or having difficulty, and I was involved in that business, I would expect the management, the senior management of that business to step up and stand shoulder to shoulder with that employee that's having difficulty or was in an awkward situation. So what I would like to have seen, he said, yeah, absolutely, Anthony, you'll in interview Tom Abel, but do you mind if Andy Harry comes out and stands beside him or whatever? Just something that would have would have shown a bit. Sort of, now, I might be being... But to be fair to, say, to, be fair to Andy Hurry, like Andy Hurry we interviewed at the end of the Knots game. Yeah. Right. Uh, and he, you know, he was he was properly contrite, um, but he's not the. As as Peter's just said, you know what they're going to say, whether the, you know whether he's director of cricket or head head coach, it's all so deeply predictable. And what mm -hmm. I was trying, 
what I was trying to do was was get through to what it actually means to the players to have played two such dreadful games and mm. and to try and get a handle from the players on what's going wrong and what needs to happen to to get it right and I didn't want any sort of coaching or director of cricket platitudes uh, at, at, at a time at a time like that And, and the shame is that listening to I've been listening to Knott's Lancashire today, partly because I wanted to listen to Lancashire ahead of next week, and partly because to me it seemed like the more exciting game. And and mainly the Nottinghamshire commentator, but to a certain extent Scott Reed and Kevin House, they just kept going on and on about what's happened to Somerset. You know, we there there's two fantastic games going on in that division at the moment, which could go any of well, any of four results technically are still possible in either game. A proper hard-fought elite cricket—the sort of cricket that if people like Michael Vaughan and Tufnell and Agnew watch would actually go. Do you know what? There's real quality in this county championship, rather than belittling it all the time. And I've, I've had a fantastically absorbing day listening to Brace Girdle and Reid and Howells today. But they kept saying, you know, some of the were done in two days and Dave Bracegirdle tweeted back to me and I said I said stop now Dave it's hurting too much and he said his comment was Steve it happens so rarely with Somerset I think we're all actually quite happy we've got an opportunity to mm. take the mickey for a while and it was a really nice know how you're feeling understand you're feeling rubbish mate but you know give us credit and so I think it's it's a reflection that the rest of the elite county cricket see us as as you said in one of the very best and so it actually feels that much worse and and what you were saying about the 50s and 60s and again i bow to my dad's knowledge here because i didn't start watching them until the early 70s what i think happened there were they were still a very much a happy-go-lucky band of some talented you know we had some amazingly talented cricketers but there was only two or three of them and the expectation there was, if you beat a Yorkshire or a Lancashire or a Surrey, that was the season, as far as mm. we were concerned. You know, and, and my dad would die, would die out on tales of being there when we beat Yorkshire, Truman and all at Taunton or whatever. And it's that, it's that shift of expectation, which is, of course, mm. great because you want to be up there at the top. But it just makes it as you said Ian so much so much harder and more frustrating when it does go wrong and boy has it gone wrong spectacularly yes very 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 spectacularly we thought it couldn't get worse than the knots game but uh, but it did I suppose there's only one thing worse than uh, being talked about and that's not being talked about so I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we're giving some people some uh, some cause for amusement across the shires Oh, right, so we roll on to Lancashire. Shall we do some good news? Oh, go Shall we then. do some good news? Is well, we've any? had two centurions for the twos today. Oh, yes. Including Lewis, including Lewis Goldsworthy. Yep, Samuel. Jamie Rue, Jamie Rue effectively won the second under-19 game, although I heard that the West Indies bowled 36 wides in that game. <laughs> but was that the Jamie one Rue was about 180 and they won by one wicket? Yes, but I mean, Jamie Rue didn't finish it, but he took them very close. Sonny Baker bowled economically and got wickets again. And I see Sam Young is 90-odd not out, which is... 92 not out. One for the future there, Sam Young. 
Oh, it's no, not. It's going. Exactly. So you know, somebody asked the question, and I'm jumping ahead about how long can we give the youngsters time to settle in. But early in the season, we were saying how you know Lamanby's come through, Banson's come through, now Goldsworthy's coming through. <sighs> you just need a couple of more senior players to be performing and i think the root of the problem is the more senior players with the the noble exception steve davis haven't really performed in the last couple of games we talking about the seniorest of the senior players afraid so and you know you said didn't you ian my head listening on sunday morning was just boy if we can just get to lunch with hildy and azar together you know 80-odd for two after the... That's pretty good. And then, you know, it's ifs and buts and maybes. And if he hadn't played that shot, something else might have happened, of course. But you do you do wonder if he's just... The, the will to fight that you need in elite mm-hmm. sport isn't there anymore. And I, I said last week, I think, I think he deserves, like Trez did, to be given the chance to retire of his own mm-hmm. volition. I'm not sure he's quite at the retirement stage yet but he seems to be undroppable and I'd certainly bring that into question now it's not very long ago that uh, at the last fact I think the last time I was on this podcast I was reflecting on a couple of the highlights of my summer have been centuries by Hildy at the Oval <laughs> and uh, at home to Derbyshire so I do agree that if you look at the kind of raw statistics um it's it is it, troubling at, at the same time um <laughs> he's 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 got it in him he's caught he's done there's a couple of wonderful innings that he's played mm-hmm. in the in the not too uh not too distant past so i don't want to be naive about about this i think there's a there's, there's an issue but he has a role to, when we're at our best in any competition i think um speaking generally every player knows the role they've got to play mm-hmm. in the team and at the moment Hildy's got a really important role to play hasn't he because he's got experience he, he we need him to play uh, longer and to stay there and that's why it's frustrating when he plays a bit of a loose shot and gets out it's it's bad in its own terms but it's bad because it kind of undermines the particular role that is vital that he plays in in the team for some of the others there's a confusion because we keep changing the batting order, because sometimes people are playing as openers, sometimes they're dropping down the order. And, and all of that makes it more difficult to give really kind of clear uh, instructions and a strong sense of belonging to uh, a group of lads, I think. So so, so that for me is something to um, uh, reflect. If I kind of am looking back on the season a more kind of... Uh, general terms we've we found it difficult to find sufficient players to be absolutely clear what their role is um, in the team and know what they're doing for themselves and and for the others and 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 that's for a combination of factors sometimes self-inflicted and sometimes to do with um, uh, 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 lack of lack of form but I think that's that's probably adding to the sense of um, confusion and and maybe some of the difficulties which we'll ponder when we come to think on to think about what's the team for the next game. Yeah, what is the team for the next game? 
<laughs> I mean, it, do you want it, mine? Well, it, it, I mean, it would sound churlish the fact that we, we've sat here and sort of said, "Oh, there's no consistency with the batting order week after week, and it changes every game." Mm. To then sit here and go, right? Well, we'll bring Goldsworthy in, and we'll we'll drop such and such, and then we'll move Azab up to open, and we'll move Tom back to three, or we'll move Steve up to open with Lammers, and then we'll move Tom back to three. And then, I'm not opening. Yeah. Sorry, I'll bat three or four, but I'm not opening. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it. it yeah, we seem pretty. Um... Oh, man, Steve, what's, okay. what's your what's your team? Well, I, I'm going to go. I, I will go back to the team I would have picked for Scarborough-ish in the batting order I would have picked. And if if we make the assumption that Azar doesn't want to open because he does bat three yeah. for Pakistan now, and yeah. maybe we all we all miss that. So I would go if we bat first: Davis, Lamanby, Abel, Azar, Goldsworthy. Because I wouldn't have dropped Goldsworthy, as you know, Ian, because I was inciting the whole of Campbell and to march on you on Friday night. Um, if Lewis Gregory is fit, I'd bat him at six as a specialist batsman. If I not, I'd bat, I'd, okay, then I'd pick Will Smead. Hmm. Ben Green can bat seven because actually, if we need to flip it round because we've been in the field for a long time, Ben Green could open instead of Davies. They could flip flop. But also... Ben Green's one of the few players for me that came away from Scarborough that merits mm, I was just thinking retention. that, yeah, we did joke about not being any positives, but, yeah, Green, he... he yeah, he bowled and, well I suspect and he... he's, I suspect he's a valuable lieutenant from Tom Abel in terms of backing him and supporting him and leadership qualities within the dressing room. The Bulldogs have got to come back in at eight yes. because we need that fighting. Josh, nine. Brooks, ten. And then I would get Sonny Baker back from Kent and give him a go because and because I would like to see a policy for the last two games of giving Baker a game and maybe I think Casey Aldridge is injured by the look of it to bowl he can only bat as well now so if Baker bowls well give him another game at Edgbaston because he's got nothing to lose um, it's only his experience for him or give him a game give Ned Leonard a game yeah so that was no Delanger. No Delanger. No, I might might the ship has sailed, I'm afraid. No Delanger and no Hildreth. You can't have uh, a sunset team without Hildreth. Yeah. I'm sorry. I hate doing it. I hate doing it, Anthony, I, but I, I think it I would, it might do him good and it might do the team good. I would, I, and James, I'm sorry because he's my my late father's last most favourite Somerset player. But it breaks my heart to say it, but I, you know, I, I, I'm trying to be objective here. I'm trying to put myself in Jason Kerr's shoes and have that difficult conversation. I would contend as well that we've had a Somerset side without James Hildreth for about when he was hurt. two and a half years. Because yeah. he, he's not he's yeah. not been at his best now for about. I mean, Dan gave out his averages for the last three years. He's been averaging. He's averaging under 20s. thirty, well under thirty. Yeah, in the yeah. And like the last three years, he's been in the in the twenties or maybe nudged thirty. So he's not been at his best for the last two or three. But that, seasons. that hundred at the Oval was absolutely crucial, as as Peter was saying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crucial. Um, and he's he's been the backbone of the. Uh, I think he deserves to be you know, to be kept on. And and uh, I, I hope not, they not don't do him off. what they do what they did to Triscothic, you know, which was which was to drop him. Mid-season uh, like that, I think. 
he, he, he deserves to be to be given a chance. I mean, the, the two most out of form batsmen are Bartlett and Banton. Um, mm. And and I bring uh, Goldsworthy in uh, for one or the other, and Will Smead for for one, and, and Will Smead for the other. And I think that's and and bring Jack Brooks back instead of Ben Green, who's a who's a lovely lad, but I'm not honestly sure he's good enough as either a batsman or a bowler to hold down a place in in a um, first class in a, in a, in a top top class Somerset side. So that's. I think those are the only changes I, I would make. I'm going to go with the same team as you, Steve. I, I've, I'm closer to Anthony. I would definitely pick Hildreth. I, I, I still believe he's, he has it in him. I think he knows his role in the team more like the others. I think going back to that conversation we were having earlier about looking one another in the eye and delivering for the team, he, he's got... A responsibility and experience to um, hold a lot of this um, together and to step up when we when we need him. And so I, I think this is the moment he walks towards the fire, not isn't isn't taken away from it. So I would I would definitely I would definitely pick him. I would I would also pick um, uh, Goldsworthy. And I'm, I don't understand either how he slipped out of the. Um, out of contention, but you know we don't we don't know all of what was going on. Do he was ill at one point, wasn't he? Mm. I, I don't know. Um, uh, yes, I've got Lamanby, Davis, Abel, Hildreth, Azar. We can mix the order about a bit. Goldsworthy, Van der Merwe, Davy Delanger, and then Brooks or Baker. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree yeah. with that. And I promise if, if sometime on Monday afternoon James Hildreth goes to his 100, I will happily be eat, eating a very large piece of humble pie Good. and cheering as loudly as anyone. And I, yeah. I hope, guys, I hope you're right. I just, I hope and pray you're right because I want, there's nothing nicer than being at Taunton on a sunny day and watching James Hildreth get a 100. Absolutely not. So I think there's 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 every likelihood that we're all going to be there together on the Sunday or Monday. Uh, so, that, so, so that would be a beautiful moment. You can come up to the commentary box and eat it there. Oh, I'll <laughs> right. yeah, well, we'll do. I'll and get... you can you can I'd be more than happy to to accept the brick bats from you, Anthony. Yeah. So right. yeah, that's the deal. If Hildy gets a fifty, then uh, me and Steve will buy uh, Pete and Anthony uh, a round of drinks. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deal. That's <laughs> great. Does it work the other way around somehow? Uh, no, no, I can't, no. Because no, I'll be drinking in Somerset Smith's fortune then. I couldn't really do that, but I might chuck a fiver the NSPCC's way. Right. Um, Okay, what should we do then? Yeah, so we'll, we'll all be... So I'm going to go up... I'm definitely going Sunday and Monday. Steve, you're going Monday, Tuesday? Monday, Tuesday. Pete, you Sunday, Monday, Pete? Uh, Sunday, Monday, yeah. Oh, Santi's there all four days. I'm not sure about Dan. Is Dan back from holiday on Sunday? I like the fact Dan's back from holiday, so he'll be at the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dan. Back He's always at the cricket. He's always there. Yeah. So he's da yeah, Dan will be there Sunday, but I would have thought he'd definitely be there Monday. So I think, uh, I think Monday we'll all we'll all be at the ground for the first time, apart from Chris. Maybe he'll be uh, stargazing somewhere. 
Oh, right, let's dive in. We're loving these clear skies tonight. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's absolutely roasted mm. in the pavilion here. I've, had to, I've shut the door, Pete, so the sound's a bit better tonight. Um, oh, well, then. Um, we don't hear traffic noises going past or anything. I, I, so. I, I, obviously, I'm a big fan and appreciative of children. I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. <laughs> uh, but, but, but there was some um, interference in last week's broadcast. There yeah. was. Well, that in was addition mainly... to the explosion. Yeah, so the just to bring that one back into context, then, just because you might need to listen to be a regular listener to sort of gather what happened last week. Normally, when we're recording, I, I will have a Thatcher's Gold. Um, and Anthony, I'm not going to call you a cider snob, Anthony, but you are more of a connoisseur. And I do get a slight look of derision. Uh, Anthony's walked off while I'm telling this story. Uh, so, a little look of derision. I should be drinking something a bit finer. So, um, about three, two or three weeks ago at the, Brist- uh, the Bath and West show, Anthony was. I think on the judging panel for the best cider or the British cider championships and a winner of that was this uh, cider called Bolhay so I procured a bottle and that was uh, I was all very proud in displaying it to Anthony that I'd come over to the other side of drinking uh, proper cider and for some reason for which I completely just cannot fathom exploded upon uh, opening it was a champagne type bottle and it had been sat in the fridge for about two hours at rest and then about another half an hour on my on my desk as we were recording till I unveiled it about halfway through the podcast and I'm not sure why it just decided to take a, a life of its own on it and blow itself up is that a common thing amongst uh, um, uh, Oak Couture Cider Anthony the, the bottle exploding it shouldn't or... be it shouldn't be but you do need Maybe maybe it was I don't know it's just just the heat but um, uh, it shouldn't if it I mean obviously if you shake it around knock yeah. it around uh, like champagne it's mm. it's uh, the method of making um, that style of cider predates champagne. Dom Perignon when he um, perfected the method of making um, champagne copied cider makers from from uh, from this from this part of the world. Who had already worked out how to do it? And he has I won't go into details, but, it's, but basically, you make champagne cider in exactly the same way as you make champagne. Oh, very good. See, we're not just talking about cricket; we are educational in the ways of cider as well. I know. Mm. I know. <laughs> and it's always Anthony that does the intelligent highbrow tutorial <laughs> stuff. Have you noticed? <laughs> so, if you'd like to, uh, listeners, if you'd like to buy a bottle of Bolhay cider from your your local farm shop and. Uh, just video yourself opening it and uh, let's see how we all get on and whether it was just me being a complete uh, a complete numpty but uh, yeah it hadn't got too warm it had been been so unless the kids came in and shook it up while I was out doing something else that's I, I think that's highly likely let's blame them but not wishing to blame your kids but yeah <laughs> let's blame them oh right so we dive into some listeners questions and we've probably covered most of these already okay first question from Scott Wilson who I think was up at the uh, up at Scarborough he was week. Yeah, I had a chat with him. How long do we give the young batsmen to mature into reliable red ball players before we make a call and maybe look to bring in some mature batting? Are you disappointed? No, we don't. Do, we don't want to do that. We really don't want to go down the Nottinghamshire route and start signing people mm. from cast-offs from other counties. We've got a fantastic academy system and we should stick mm. with our talented, homegrown young players. Unless it's Jake Libby. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, po- possibly. Just, I'm just going to read a little subtext into Scott's question here and interpret it in a slightly different way. 
How long do we give the young batsmen to mature into reliable red ball players? So if you look at the length of time that they've had now out of the red ball game, before we come into this this Division 1 period in September, it's been probably good. What? Well, I'll just have a look at the, the wall chart here. So we're, It was around about the second week of July that we yeah, played at the Oval. Yeah, Wednesday the 14th of July was the last day of... It was about six weeks. Yeah. yeah. So is should we be looking to play the season in more defined blocks well i think i think i, I think this, the um the schedule will change for next year um and i, I don't think we'll see this big gap between uh, red in uh, red ball cricket not least because of what happened to england um with with the batsmen being out of out of red ball practice so i, I think we'll see a not not a uh, revolutionary change in the um, schedule next year, but I don't think you'll see this big mid-season gap in uh, red ball cricket. Yeah, because it's it's going to be difficult for somebody like Tom Banton, who's let's not forget he was in the England ODI squad mm. for a good period of that time as well. Which I think everybody was in that England ODI squad at one point or another because of. Uh, all the COVID outbreak and whatnot, but it it I do feel for him a bit because he's last season as well. He's just since he had that breakthrough year in 2019, he's just had a really really disjointed couple of years, and he's, fe he's so feeling pretty down. He's feeling pretty down at the moment. Mm. I know that it's so. It must be so frustrating for him to try and just be sat kicking his heels when he could be making runs to Somerset and well then... his his reward for that splendid hundred at Canterbury in the fog was basically not to play any serious cricket for about six seven weeks mm. yeah. and you know and then he went into the hundred and didn't have a again I didn't I must admit I didn't follow Welsh fire very closely but I don't think he had a very good he didn't he didn't he, he had a terrible time. Yeah. yeah so you know, and that's off the back of him pulling out of the big bash because he'd mm. been in bubbles pretty much all of last season mm. and, and felt it was mentally tough as well. These are these are young guys, you know. Yeah. You look at look back at our 20, 21, 22 year old selves, they've been asked to cope with a heck of a lot mm. at, at the moment. I think I think we've got to give them some leeway and give them some normality back. But my answer to the question is I would persevere and I agree with Anthony, I would persevere with all of them. With the exception yeah. that I'd really like, I would do anything I could to get Devon Conway. I'll row to New Zealand to get <laughs> Devon Conway back, if that's yeah. possible, because I think he he would he would make. And that's no disrespect to Azar, but you saw the difference Devon Conway made to the side. Mm. If we could have him back and commit to a season for us, mm. wow! I think that would be an absolute game changer. I know yeah, we're raking over old ground a little bit here, but going back to when they put Banton in that that bubble and didn't play him would it not have been more responsible for the young players mental health to pick a player somebody of a profile like Sam Northeast who's an experienced county pro mm -hmm. he's, he's capable Billings enough. even yeah Billings who you might have Billings been in the squad but who would do it who could do a job who isn't you know isn't a complete numpty with the bat would do a job and is experienced enough to be you know if they miss you know 
two or three weeks or four or five weeks, whatever, can slot back in. But Banton is at such a critical stage in his career that he's, it just feels like he's been paddling a canoe backwards up a... I'm mixing my metaphors in. I don't even know what metaphor I'm trying to come up with. But he's basically going around in circles for the last eight. He's been months. messed around. Yeah. He's been messed about. Something mm-hmm. rotten. He's been me- messed about, and it's it's not done him any good at all. Yeah, such a shame. Such a real shame. Right. Uh, moving on then. Questions. Questions. Uh, Oh, Andy Cleave, uh, is it time for Hildreth to step aside for young Will Smead next week? Half of us say yes, half of us say no. Andy, uh, you've got the casting vote there. Oh, Dan, Dan, Dan had a... Um, Dan, uh, looking at Dan's tweets, he Dan uh, uh, did favour playing Smead, but I don't know if he favoured playing him um, instead of Hildreth, and he did point yeah. out Smead's red ball average for the second 11s, mm. which is, I think, 13 point something. Um, so there's a question about looking after him as well, isn't there? I mean, he's such an exciting um, prospect, and it is the right thing to do to throw him into this environment as the saviour at this moment. Um, I don't know, but I very much see him as part of Somerset's future, um, and we must do everything we can, obviously, to kind of. Um, uh, develop and have him as an important part of uh, all formats of the game, I think, for for Somerset. It's interesting, Peter, because at the start of the season, we saw, well, I certainly saw Smead as being a, a red ball player primarily yeah. and mm. would develop and come into the red, the white ball side. Yeah. And he's, he's yeah. you know, he got picked up as an option last minute draft by the Phoenix and then, a bit like Chris Benjamin, has made hay. Yeah. in that competition and it's you know again it's a bit of a whirlwind for him but i think he deserves to be given a chance i'm not i'm not saying will smead you've got to be our savior but we've got two games against top quality you know other teams in the elite championship top division whatever you want to call it give him a chance yeah. see what he does it's experience and there's you know mm. giving these youngsters experiences mm. the the skill is judging when you know, Sussex has seen that at the moment. They've been great in that they've thrown a lot of youngsters in. But without much experience around them, what's happened? They've got pummeled for 600 not by Middlesex today. I mean, that's probably equivalent to about 900 in anyone else's money at the moment. <laughs> I, think, I think all that shows is, is how little the third division in the um, county championship really matters. I think the the other the other factor with Smead is if if he doesn't get his chance at Somerset, he's going to go to Warwickshire. Mm. Yeah, mm. I mean, I've, I've As no, I've no, gone to Lancashire and ex- exactly. You know, the the the, the hundred um, based um, mm. counties have got loads of money and they can make very attractive offers to the likes of Will Smead. And Will Smead needs to be playing cricket for Somerset, and he needs to be given his chance. As I said earlier. Um, Poor old George Bartlett and, and Tom Banton, they're completely shot. Uh, and uh, Will Smead needs to be given his chance sooner rather than later because mm. he's a, 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 one of the good judges of, of cricketers. Tell me, he, of all of the young cricketers, young Somerset cricketers of recent years, he is the most talented. So we need to keep him. And if we're going to keep him, we've got to play him. Watching him in the flesh in the in the t- in the couple of T20 games I got up to, 
he didn't look like your typical sort of like a Liam Livingston, a stand and deliver basher. When he was batting with Abel against Lancashire, at times it was difficult to tell them apart because they bat in such similar styles. I mean, Smead a little bit more of an aggressor to, um, as when they started, but running well together, working the ball around with a good solid technique. I don't see any reason why he can't succeed in. in First class cricket. I mean, Dan might say that he, he averages what thirteen in the seconds. Well, you know, Marcus averaged about yeah. thirty-two in first class cricket when he was picked. Yes. So it's it's not just about the raw statistics. Sometimes mm. players like to be on that big stage and want to puff their chests out and say, "Look how good I am." And I and I think Will Smith will definitely fall into that category. So um, yeah, and as you say, Anthony, <clears throat> got to get him in because there will be. The vultures uh, the are circling. Do yeah. letters hit doormats these days, or WhatsApps coming in from uh, uh, from various other? Probably countries. done by TikTok these days, Ian. Maybe so. <laughs> are, you, are you on TikTok, Anthony? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, no, but I'm, I'm... <laughs> I'm surprised we'll it's there before Mister. We'll leave it I'm there surprised that Steve Mr. is on on TikTok. I shall. I... You want you you are on TikTok, are you, Steve? No. no, no. I thought you know you, you sounded as if you were very familiar with the with the platform. That's the word. No, 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 Steve. I, or is it a I have to have tutorials from my wife and daughter as to how to use Instagram. I still don't get Instagram really, so t- Twitter's my. I think Twitter's my natural habitat. Yes, yeah, I think Anthony thinks MySpace is where he parks his car. But uh, carry on. Oh, <laughs> nice for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> One for the kids. Twenty years old that joke. Right. Um Andy goes on. Uh with Delanga contracted for next season, our options from an overseas perspective are limited. Do we recruit a batter as a second one? Ideally Devon Conway. I think we can all agree with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um Lamps at AFC Lamps. Given how many batsmen have been out of form for most of all of the seasons, are there questions to be asked of the batting coach? I don't think we've officially got one, have we? Well, we've I got Tim who, who looks after the second, you know, the up and coming ones. We have, you know, he's doing a fine job then after today. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that offside. Um, did you see that video I put up about six o'clock today, contrasting George Bartlett against Middlesex with him playing against Yorkshire, and how that little creep to off stump has kept in has crept into his game. He's, he more he's more or less perfectly still. When he was winning us that game against Middlesex, but up against Yorkshire, that he was really getting back and across, and I think, yeah, kind of coincides with maybe retracting. Well, he wasn't rival. just getting back and across; he was just shuffling across, it, yeah. and he's already he's starting on off stump, and he's shuffling across. Mm. You know, I mean, he's he's got uh, LBW written all over it. Absolutely, I think that's just a lack of confidence. Yeah, agreed. Um, well, Grumpy Get, uh, Grumpy Get is like the tweet saying Tom Abel was hung out to dry by the management. He was not Grumpy Get. He definitely he wasn't. was not. <laughs> definitely wasn't. Um, oh, I think that's it. Uh, oh, Grumpy Get's got one here. Um, thinking about the last two performances and difference from the early county championship, and wonder if now split between those who went kids cricket comp, I presume it means uh, the hundred, and the others, and do those who went care about the county championship? Well, I think they do. I mean, yeah, there obviously do. wasn't any yeah. championship cricket going on when the hundred was going on. So, I mean, you've got a limited career as a player, so I don't think anybody can begrudge 
the there's guy. no lack of teams. There's no lack of team spirit in the uh, in the Somerset camp. I can promise you. They 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 play. For, they've grown up together and they play for each other and, and they believe in each other and and um, we don't want to do anything to disturb that by start bring you know bringing in the likes of Gubbins or Sam Northeast or whoever else happens to be available at any one time. No, agreed. Mm -hmm. um, Can I ask a quick question of you three? Go on, then, Steve. Who, who if if we're not gonna by some statistical miracle now win? The county championship this year mm. who do you think's going to win it and given that we've got some involvement in three of the other teams in the top division who would you like to win it mm. um i think warwickshire probably will win it um i'd quite like nottinghamshire to win it um <laughs> because i always like going to trent bridge mm -hmm. <laughs> and one of my best best golfing mates is is a lifelong nottinghamshire supporter and nottinghamshire people are you know really not but the downside of nottinghamshire is that they have bought in players from all around the place mm -hmm. so on that basis well, York, I mean, Yorkshire, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind, my father was born in Yorkshire, so I'm, you know, Yorkshire, I'm a tyke one, um, once removed, yeah, perhaps, perhaps so Yorkshire, it's best, best over tree go for you then? Yeah, mm -hmm. um, um, Pete, Pete, I don't think will be in the, in the Nottinghamshire side that uh, wins the championship mm -hmm. if they do win it, but uh, yeah, I think, I think Yorkshire, probably, because they're, they're, they are a team of Yorkshiremen, by and large. And I did tip them on Charlie Taylor's show at the start of the year, Anthony. I'm going to yeah, you did absolutely. On... I did absolutely. I did, yeah. and they were yeah. they were blooming good against us <laughs> over yeah. two days at Scarborough. I'm going to go knots. Think they'll win it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think knots were knots were better than Yorkshire over the, the two games that I watched against Somerset. I think knots really played well against us I think we gave it to Yorkshire a little bit and um, yeah I, I think Notts will win Yeah I don't think there's a stand outside which is what makes it even more frustrating uh, that we've blown yeah. it over the last yeah. couple of weeks because honestly mm -hmm. if we step back from it all it still feels like um, despite all the things we've said that you know at, at, at our best it was there for us so I can't bet whoever it is. I think we're going to be left feeling it, it, it could have been us. If if I had to pick who I'd like, um, my mum's side of the family are uh, Lancastrian. They're my sort of are they my second county ish sort mm -hmm. of. Um, so yeah, I, I'd probably be happy with them winning it. Except that would mean that we'd had another bad result probably um, coming up this week, which oh, doesn't let no. me out. So perhaps oh. I'll go for Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah, we were never gonna, we were never going to win it once Overton was uh, called up by England, and Gregory was sidelined with his back injury. You know, to lose to lose your two strike bowlers who've been at the absolutely at the heart of our success over the last three seasons to lose them both you know would, meant, meant that we were we were never really in in with a shout yeah very very yeah couldn't have just couldn't have come at a worse time could it but no, it it'll make it sweeter when we win it next year which, That's is, what the spirit. which is what we'll That's be saying <laughs> on this podcast <laughs> on the 7th of september 2022 ever the optimist um can we still mathematically win it i 
Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Could we, do if we, need we to, you know, if we need, probably need maximum points and other results to go our way, but it's, it's not out of the question. Do. do we need to break into some grounds on the nights before matches and just really scuff up the pitches and then present <laughs> them to the pitches? But look at this, look at this spin-friendly pitch here at Warwickshire. Deducting 20 points immediately. But as Dan, Dan tweeted, 20 wickets fell at Edgbaston on day one. All to seem as nobody says a word. It's the old refrain again. Yeah, I know. So, bring back cider, bad. Uh, hey, well, no, it's not much point now because Jack Leach is going to be got, winning. Yeah. yeah. What do we do now? Oh, God knows. I don't know. Just I make really it a don't. road so we get four days of bar takings. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, uh, last one in from Stuart Hodgkiss. Um, so there's been a lot of talk this week about Jason Sarge and Jim Troughton say, taking some perhaps a lot of the blame for the current performances and also perhaps the wisdom of the overseas signings I'd be interested to get your views on how you see the relationship between the players and the backroom staff whether you think the responsibility does lie with them or the players and whether you think any changes are needed behind the scenes personally I think the only change needed would be the batting coach I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what's going on um, well enough to be able to comment on it. I would say that our overseas fast bowler has not lived up to expectations. Yeah, would agree with that. Um, do we need a dedicated batting coach? Would a, a coach? I don't know. How do you coach somebody not to buckle under pressure? Well, we've got, a stupid shot. We, we can. We've got trays, haven't we? You know. Yeah. We could always draft him in. Yeah. To do, it. I'm not sure. It's, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's a, I'm not sure. It's a coaching issue. I think it's more a, a mental. Yeah, thing. I'm just going to say. Do we? We haven't got a dedicated sports psychologist on the staff, have we? But no. I'm sure we would no. employ the services of one on an ad hoc basis if we need to. And I think we probably need to at the moment just to get some of these guys head straight. Oh. I don't. I. I. I don't feel sufficiently in, informed at the moment to answer that question either. I would. I would kind of reiterate um, what we've reflected on earlier about this whole group, including the director of cricket and the coach, are steeped in Somerset and the Somerset way of doing yeah. things. And 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 some of the comments about you know they've had their heads turned by Welsh fire or, you know, their loyalties are split or anything like that. I, I've seen Lost. absolutely zero evidence of that whatsoever and um, very much, you know, a desperate desire and commitment to um, win that elusive county championship. And it's more likely that it's the kind of the pressure and the fear and the combination of things coming together, which aren't readily understandable. All these things kind of feed, feed one another and that, becomes a very difficult situation and that's i'm sure there are technical batting issues on an individual basis that people who know much more about cricket than me could um have a look at in due course but i don't think fundamentally you know that's the transformational change that's required i i, I feel we've got the raw material and yeah there's something about regrouping and building that kind of confidence again and, and, and shared sense of purpose and fundamentally um, believing in and, and building on the, what we are creating um, at the club, which is really with, through and of the West Country. Yeah, yeah. 
on which well, uh, I, I, I agree with every absolutely every word of that yeah <laughs> I think it's absolutely right That's and a lovely um, note to finish on exactly and i'm going to go and rescue yeah. my barbecue so we'll see you <laughs> we'll next week barbecue yeah cheers all see you up at the county ground and uh, we'll catch you after we'll, listeners will catch you after the lancashire game where we're going to look ahead to t20 finals day which we've managed not to talk about but again that is some excellent news and i'm sure we're all looking forward to that uh, oh anthony's gone he's not bothered to stay around uh steve peter thanks for joining us tonight and uh we'll catch you next time